the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Buckle up. We'll have a wild and crazy two hours. It's going to be remarkable. In fact, some of the things that you thought you knew, you're going to realize that you didn't really know. (laughs) Because we're going to uh, open the curtains, so to speak, and share some insights on a lot of different topics. Probably one of the most pressing topics going on in the United States today is what in the world is happening with our nation? And uh, we're going to have somebody on uh, in this first hour that is going to help um, apart the curtains so you can see behind the curtains on what's happening in our nation, in particular in our government. You know, there's a term that's being used in the news stations. If you turn on the news, you'll, hear, you'll be hearing the term deep state. Well, that's what's going on. And it's a very subversive uh, strategy to actually uh, govern without being elected to govern. <laughs> People that are bureaucratic of nature are actually in positions to actually move things along or stall things. And uh, this is not really what we... Uh, covenanted with in the uh, the, the uh, Constitution of the United States of America. I have got somebody that you are actually going to love, and probably one of the harder uh, harder people for me to actually uh, assign, uh, to bring on, because he's, he's all over the nation and beyond talking about this stuff, but we have him for the entire first hour. His name is Craig Huey, the author of Deep state um, 15 surprising dangers that you should know and how bureaucracy is destroying our freedom. Please, let's get ready to see how the curtains part and revelation happens. Craig, are you with me? I am, Kaz. Great to be here. It's exciting. I I say you're a hard person to book because you're everywhere. uh, Well, (laughs) I give a lot of talks and a lot of interviews, but it's really a historic moment in America's history for our politics and our culture, and, and, and that's why so many people are interested in the deep state. Yes, yes, yes. And you, you have a real heart for the Judeo-Christian values. You have a real heart for the Constitution of the United States of America. And as you uh, began to discover over and over again what's going on, the insidiousness of this, where you know not even elected officials are making decisions that should be elected, decisions, elected official decisions uh, against whom we hold accountable. Uh, but these are people that we can't even hold accountable because we don't know where they are or who they are or what they're doing. But I am so thankful that the mask is getting pulled aside and you're one of those people who's pulling that mask. Uh, let's let's start a little bit right now and kind of give us an overview of what the deep state is. Help us with a definition and then we're going to dive on in and see what can be done about it. And you've got a wonderful uh, perspective on this, Craig Huey. Well, you know, the deep state affects every listener. So, Kaz, uh, if somebody's in business, it affects them. 
If somebody's in school, it impacts their lives. If they're a believer in Christ, the war on Christianity, so much of it is coming from the deep state. And the deep state is something that a lot of people laugh at. They say it doesn't exist. They, they say that it's somebody's figment of their imagination, but they're trying to hide the reality. So uh, w- with the deep state, the core attention is usually given to people in government, the bureaucracy. But in my book, I show that it's much larger than that and includes so much more of what is basically a war on our culture and a war on our politics. Yes. So, uh, Kev, you know, when, when you talk about bureaucracy, you think of this, this giant group of people. In the federal government, there's 1.9 uh, million people who are federal employees, and they're broken down. And in the past, the nature of a bureaucracy over, over since the beginning of the U.S. government has been the government, you know, always wants to grow bigger. They want to protect themselves. They want to expand. They want to avoid transparency. They want to avoid losses. They're, they're, they're doing their things. And some people in the government who are a part of the bureaucracy are efficient and effective. Others, you know, if they, if they disappear or their agency disappeared, nobody's even know. Um, but they would but, know. That's why they're struggling to keep the, you know, their, their agencies in place. Um, and, and, you know, and when you have somebody who's trying to uh, get rid of all, you know, all the unnecessary expenditures, they're vigilantly fighting against that. So that's part of the equation, isn't it? it is, you nailed it. That, that's part of it. They want to protect and expand. That's the nature of bureaucracy. So part of the deep state is they've got to expand their bureaucracy, justified or not. They come up with the reasons why they need to have more employees and more money. And then if somebody comes along and challenges that, just like President Trump has been doing, then they're at war because they've got to protect what they have. They have to justify what they have. Yes. But there's one very important additional part of the deep state today. And this has never happened before. And what has happened is that there is an ideological component. Because under President Obama, what he did is he hired uh, people who were progressive and socialist, put them into the bureaucracy, and their goal was to use the bureaucracy to transform our culture and transform uh, our politics. Let me ask you a question. Is it, let's, yeah. be, let's be fair about this and say this whole uh, subversive bureaucracy thing has been going on uh, through administrations for many, 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 many years. And they could have been conservative or uh, what we say, a Republican uh, leaning people or uh, liberal leaning people or maybe more on the democratic side so the whole idea of becoming embedded into a, a government system is not new on either side but i think what you're saying and tell me if i'm wrong on this but what you're saying is this whole thing about here you have a president like president trump who goes i see what's going on here we're going to pull the reins on all of this and that really offends any of the people that are uh, uh kind of the bureaucrats that are manipulating things to protect their job on both sides of the equation the conservative uh 
and the liberal as well. So he's getting, kind of getting shot at uh, on both both sides of the aisle in, in many ways. And so this will help our listeners understand this bureaucracy that's there. And uh, it's really kind of uh, taking uh, decisions right out of the hands of uh, those whom we have elected. And, and uh, so it, that would be accurate to, to say, would it not? It, it would be, but I'll take it one step further. And, you know, basically what happens in any administration when there's a change, uh, they they, they let go as many of the old administration and bring in their own people. So Ronald Reagan, when he became president, he, he let go many of the bureaucrats, people in the top positions, people in the lower positions, and he brought in conservatives and libertarians and Christians, and he brought in all these different people who came at it, the bureaucracy from a different perspective. Yes. And then when uh, uh, the next administration with Bush and then the next administration uh, with Clinton, they did pretty much the same thing. But what has happened that's different in the last four or five years was that under President Obama, they changed the rules to the extent that you really can't fire these bureaucrats. Oh. The only way you can get rid of them is to get rid of the bureaucracy. And so what President Obama did, there, there very few people know of this one bureaucracy called the Senior Executive Service. I don't want to get into a lot of detail on that, but Kaz, the Senior Executive Service is 8,000 people, 7,000 appointed by Obama, and they control the different hiring and, and different directions of the bureaucracy. And these uh, 7,000 Obama appointees, along with the other people that Obama appointed, they're using the government for their own ideological wishes, and Trump can't fire them. Wow. Um, in fact, in, in most of the bureaucracies, one-third of the bureaucrats are at war with President Trump and the Republicans. Now, wow. th- this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. We're, we're, the, 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 this is wrong, what's happening. You've got people in the bureaucracy who sabotage policy, who leak information, who come out with reports contrary to what uh, the Trump administration stands for that embarrass him. They, 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 they even work on political campaigns on your listeners' taxpayers' money. Wow. They, 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 they use their time to polit- be politically involved while they should be working on behalf of the government. Exactly. Craig, so, uh, Craig Huey, uh, per, pardon me, I've got to deal with the clock here yeah. in commercial breaks. Right. We're talking with Craig Huey. He's the author of The Deep State and 15 Surprising Dangers That You Should Know and How Bureaucracy Is Destroying Our Freedom. We've got a lot more to cover in this hour, so I hope that, uh, I, and I know that Craig has whet the appetite here, and we're going to be talking about more of this as we continue. But my listening friends, I want you to consider something. The, the, the whole... It's a kind of a survival mode for people that are in uh, the bureaucracy of government. And it sounds like, and we'll talk a little bit further in the next segment, Craig, on this, but it sounds like uh, uh, the Obama administration changed the rules so it's a lot harder to get these people rooted out. And then uh, then well, Obama and that administration seated, uh, if you will, seated across the different bureaucratic uh, uh, departments, uh, his people or people that had the uh, a very uh, liberal agenda. And uh, now uh, President Trump is, is, is difficult because he can't 
get these people. He can't identify these people necessarily or he can't get them out except there's one or two solutions to that. And I think we're going to talk a little bit in the next segment on what those solutions are. And my listening friend, I want you to know that you and I get to play a role. Sometimes we don't figure like we can't get in there and help, but we can sure pray like crazy. And uh, that is going to be part of the solution. My friend, I'm just excited as I can be to have Craig Huey, the author of The Deep State, uh, 15 Surprising Dangers You Should Know and How Bureaucracy is Destroying Our Freedom. Uh, Craig and Kaz, we're going to be unwrapping this uh, challenge even more when Craig and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. (laughs) Who could believe that radio could be so much fun, not only being on this side of the microphone, but my friend on that side of the microphone as well. You know, I'm going to, here's a test. If you flunk this one, uh, we need to go back to school for sure. What's one name that threatens liberals and even, uh, let's say, establishment Republicans like crazy? Absolutely crazy. Say it with me, Donald J. Trump. We have an author, uh, the author of a book called The Deep State, 15 Surprising Dangers That You Should Know and How Bureaucracy Is destroying our freedom. His name is Craig Huey. Craig, we set the stage in the first segment. Now it's time to, as they say, release the hounds. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I, I'm I, as I look through the news, and I, I used to be a real news junkie, but these days I have to turn it off. I just can't handle it. All the mm-hmm. uh, the falsity, the fake news and stuff that's going on. Uh, there is, uh, I'm intrigued a little bit by the uh, Mueller report coming out. Hopefully, they they say it's due out any moment. This has been going for a year. They've been mm-hmm. saying that. So, but anyway, it looks like some of the deep state strategies are being exposed. Would you like to speak to that briefly as we dig into this segment, Craig Huey? Well, yes. Uh, you, you know, Kev, there's been the greatest abuse of power in the history of America by different government agencies. You know, most people don't even quite realize that the the EPA, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, has 70,000 employees. That's a lot of people. And a third of them actively attacking Trump. Then we have this abuse of power in the intelligence agencies, over 17 agencies where we have the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, and the Department of Justice basically having a coup trying to stop the president, the uh, duly elected president of the United States uh, from taking oath and then from staying in office. And we're actually, and this is so wrong, actually trying to prevent him from becoming president. Uh, and, And so the Mueller report is going to be interesting. Everybody's watching for this. And if your listeners aren't familiar with it, it's a special counsel that's investigating if there was Russian collusion. But the real, only real Russian collusion that's ever been discovered is that which the Hillary Clinton campaign and Democratic committee paid for a terrible uh, uh, list of uh, political lies against Trump, saying all kinds of things about Russia that have not been proven or not true, 
And these were used to spy on Americans through the what's called the FISA court, a, a secret court. And the FBI went to this court, did not disclose that these were political documents, did not disclose that these were not true, and basically had the secret FISA court spying on Americans. And I think it will come out that they were spying on a lot of people in the Trump campaign, and probably Trump himself. Wow. And, and this should not have happened ever happen. And the, and so major changes have to take place to turn this whole situation around. I mean, if this had been done by the Republicans, I'd be just as upset. And I, I'm sure all your listeners would be just as upset. This was done by the Democrats in control. And that's what the danger of socialism is, the danger of a bureaucracy is, that when government has so much power, people will abuse it. And we're seeing that from the top level, from President uh, uh, Obama's administration, there was this abuse of power where they crossed the line of ethics, crossed the line of constitutionality, con- uh, uh, crossed the lines of what was right and wrong. Yes. And, and, and what we basically have seen is, is such a massive attack on our, on our uh, democratic republic and and how we should operate, that this has got to stop. You know, one of the things that, that many of your listeners are, are, are probably aware of, that we have had this historic attack on, uh, on Christianity over the last eight years. And this has been trying to be stopped. We have had the media attacking. We've had judges attacking. We had bureaucracies attacking. And all of this is being stopped. And, 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 and these powers that uh, have been attacking uh, Christian business owners and Christian schools and Christian employees that have been attacking. And the sanctity of life and all these uh, different things yeah. that, uh, uh, which we stand for. They're being yeah. threatened. It's, it's, it's you know, uh, as I've been growing up, uh, you know, you, maybe a lot of these things were so subverted or hidden and you didn't know about them but boy oh boy uh it's a sign of the times i think that they're becoming so obvious and oftentimes as i look through biblical history uh craig i i see during times where things are threatened so much it's a time for god and god's kids to be intervening and i think we're right at the thick of that don't you i think we have to be (laughs) we have to be you know uh, just to maintain our culture to maintain freedom to maintain uh, a, a free enterprise and business growth and innovation and jobs. All these are very important. But from the standpoint of the church, the church needs to stand up. And, and every listener has the ability to help make change in a variety of different ways to stop what's happened with the deep state. Some people look at it and say, oh, my gosh, this is too big. We'll never get out of it. It's too entrenched. Nothing's ever going to change. Look at what's happened to Trump. He's attacked uh, every single day on the local and national media. And he's attacked by the bureaucracy. He's attacked by Facebook. He's attacked by Google. And he's, you know, it's massive. But we can turn this around. And that's why I wrote the book. Uh, the deep state. That's why I give speeches on it. That's why um, I've tried to get uh, both the secular uh, 
a political uh, um, um, act that's involved, but also try to activate Christians in the church, which really are the hope for America and the group that can turn this around. Can I ask you a question from your observation? We talk about the the believers that are in a church environment. How about believers that are actually in the governmental uh, strata? Mm. These are people that are actually embedded. God has actually embedded his people in the thick of government proceedings as well. And so there's a lot that can be done inside the the ranks as well of people that love the Lord and see what's going on. So the same heart of uh, diversion and evil intent there's a there's a uh, maybe a, a little bit less obvious uh group of people that are in the thick of these things and they actually see what's going on and they can do very very real inside you know inside the trojan horse <laughs> they can actually oh, be pray be praying for this and impact things from the inside out so i think when what i see god doing and you can speak to this a little bit in the few minutes we have in this segment left uh, craig is, is I think that God's working his people into places of influence. And, you know, th- these are not people that uh, have big titles or anything. These are people that are instrumental. I think there are many, many believers of the Lord Jesus Christ in the FBI, in the CIA, mm-hmm. in, you know, mm-hmm. in the attorney general's office, in the different behind-the-scenes bureaucratic uh, elements in government that are actually praying for and doing what they can to circumvent these things. Would you speak just a little bit on this? We have about two minutes left in this segment. Let me first introduce you again. We're talking, my friends, to Craig Huey. He's a remarkable author, but he's, you know, beyond writing stuff. He speaks uh, very clearly about things that need our attention. And his book, The Deep State, 15 Surprising Dangers that You Should Know and How Bureaucracy is Destroying Our Freedom. So talk to us a little bit about how maybe God is inserting people in positions of influence as well. Greg Huey. You would be so incredibly uh, encouraged, all your listeners would be, if they had a clue as to how many small groups are in prayer Small groups are meeting weekly for Bible study, and this is throughout the bureaucracies. We have seen the most pro-life actions by somebody who nobody would have guessed President Trump would have been the most pro-life president in the history of America. And he has, within his departments related to that, on-fire Christians— and such spiritual uh, vigor that's going on that it's incredible. There's a weekly prayer meeting uh, involved with the White House, Bible studies with the White House, and it trickles throughout the bureaucracies. Yes. And and so, yes, it's a powerful, unseen force that's going on, and we're seeing it where religious protection of business owners, religious, the FEMA, the bureaucrats and FEMA, resisted Trump. They have been discriminating against churches. Anytime there's a hurricane, a tornado, it's the churches that come in first before FEMA are able to help people out dramatically. Franklin Graham and his group, Samaritan's Person, just the local churches. It's amazing what what goes on in helping people. Well, FEMA doesn't like that competition. The bureaucrats, whose God is the government, not, not the true and living God, they have been at war with churches, denying them help, denying them money. Trump 
put a stop to it, an executive order, not to let that happen again with FEMA, and they ignored it. And then he had to come in with even greater force to stop it. So the spiritual dynamic of what has been happening in the last two years is absolutely amazing. The, the, the um, secular worldview of the socialists and progressives that basically have dominated decision-making and so much of the bureaucracy, they're resisting this. But, you know, they they have found a force <laughs> that they can't control. I like it. And my friend, I, I just am so pr- appreciative that we actually have Craig Huey for this entire hour. <laughs> and we've kind of pulled the curtain back in the first two segments, and we're going to look more deeply in the remaining two segments. And I know you're game for this, aren't you, Craig? Yes. Okay, my friend. Uh, Craig and I are going to be right back, and we're going to dig more deeply. Actually, we're going to dig uh, uh, deeper into this deep state threat and uh, what it feels like for uh, God's people to intervene and for prayer warriors and, and activists for godliness like you, my friend. And let me just give a quick shout out to some sweet friends of ours in San Diego County. You talk about uh, Bible studies going on in the nation's capital and things like that. One of the very active groups tied to that as a group tied to well-versed ministries. Uh, Our friend here in San Diego County, Jim Garlow and his wife, uh, Rosemary Schindler Garlow, they're in the thick of that there. They're in the thick of it in the United Nations and elsewhere. So we're going to talk more about how this curtain is being ripped away, but how people from the inside out and along the periphery, that's us, we voters, we Judeo-Christian believers can make a major impact. So Craig Huey and Kaz, (laughs) we'll be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Pastor Jim Heidrich from Firewheel Church, and I declare over San Diego that the goodness of God is going to crash in on you with the weight of his glory because he's moving with compassion. Yes, you believe in Jesus, but Jesus believes in you. And I just affirm you in your call to greatness in Christ Jesus. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. We are back. Greg Huey, co-host with me for this entire hour. He's the author of Deep State. It's called uh, The Deep State. Uh, it's, a, it's a book that really uh, offers 15 surprising dangers that you and I should know about and how bureaucracy is destroying our freedom. I'm going to get back with Greg uh, in just a second, but I want to give you an idea here what God does. And it's strategic that he does. If you look at scripture, he allows those people like the Hamans uh, in the book of, uh, of uh, Esther to uh, rise up and to cause very very spiteful things to go on, even life-threatening things to go on. He allows that to happen until the fullness of his time to bring retribution on this. And I'll tell you what, the deep state in the United States is heinous like that. It's very heinous like that. And some of my prayers, I have to be honest with you, I just go, Lord, uh, Haman had a noose that was intended for um, godly people and turn that... uh, uh, threat back to his own neck. So that, that, and I have to be honest with you, that's sometimes how I pray because I get so frustrated with what's going on. God's strategies sometimes uh, are, he uses the enemy's strategies as his 
uh, springboard into his strategies to overcome those things. So, Craig, we've had kind of a fun time in the first half hour talking about this. Let's dig a little bit more deeply about what the deep state is doing to discredit our president, but also kind of we can weave in some of God's <laughs> strategies in the middle of this, you know, the desire of the deep state to minimize our constitutional values, the desire of the uh, deep state to resist uh, policies that change and could impact their job, uh, their desire to betray Judeo-Christian values. It's all out there, and I think God is, is smiling because he's going, I'm going to use that as my springboard to get into change. Talk a little bit about that, would you, Craig Huey? Well, you know, if you look on the surface, President Trump has everything going against him. He was probably the first president to run and win without the powerful special interests of the lobbyists and the lobbyists to him. The Republicans, so many establishment Republicans found him to not be the type of politician they want, you know, kind of unhinged and speaking his mind and, and, and not, uh, not fully embracing uh, a history of policies and, and, and the personal life that they like. And, and, and so a lot of Republicans, Opposed him, and then you've got this the Democrats, you've got the socialists and progressives who are at war with him, and, and, and then you've got the media, and you've got the Facebook, and all the other things, and so you, you've got massive, massive uh, effort of leaks and subversion of policy, and and trying to uh, prevent legislation from coming through. Um, the, the powerful uh, former CIA director, John Brennan, said it was an obligation for people in the bureaucracy uh, to refuse to carry out the orders of Donald Trump. And, and uh, the, the federal workers are they're basically in regular consultation uh, with different people trying to oppose policies and how to subvert what's going on. So you, you've got this massive uh, uh, attack, but then we take a look at what President Trump has done. Yes. One of the issues that the deep state has is, is the judges. You've got these judges that are judicial activists legislating from the bench. They, they, they have been at, at war on God, on the church, on free enterprise, on freedom, to impose their, their progressive and socialist ideologies outside of legislation. And Trump has turned this around, and they're going crazy. We have two incredible new Supreme Court judges and over about 100 other judges that have been appointed that are going to transform our politics and culture for 20 or 30 years. Well, let me, let me ask you a question here. Uh, many people I've heard quote this, and they say, a president can only do so many things in their, during their administration, but one of the most long-lasting, impactful things that they can do is uh, bring people in to the judicial system. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. That's such a great observation. And, 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 and so we have seen judges who have, based, like one judge, he said, Christians must compromise, if only a little, in order to get along with society. When they were threatening to put in jail a photographer, a videographer, 
who refused to do a, a videography and, and, and a, a video uh, of a gay wedding because it would violate their conscience and their belief that marriage is between a man and a woman. And the judge wanted to force that on them. We're seeing this type of thing with the judiciary is reversing it. And all of these different things that are going on, the opposition is absolutely incredible. And yet, he keeps moving ahead. Most politicians would fall, would, would simply give up or start to compromise. But uh, we haven't seen that yet. And so, uh, you know, uh, there's a number of things that, that, that uh, I think people can do. Uh, there's probably maybe four different ways to look at this. The first one has to do with the spiritual. We need to be people of prayer. We need to pray for the president. We should pray for whoever the president is, because that's scripture. But we should be praying for President Trump, praying for uh, the judges, praying for all these different things. We should be praying for this upcoming election. Yes, and what I may I inter- intercede here and say yeah. also we need to be praying for the people who are in the deep state, but also to, to the people uh, to their left and the right, also in those uh, bureaucracies that can impact their lives. I mean, this is this is going inside the beasts, so to speak, as well. So I mean, there's yeah. a lot that can be done from a prayer standpoint, but also an activation standpoint. Now back to you, Craig Huey. Well, that's powerful. Uh, I, I, I'm going to include that in my speeches because, yes, we should be praying for those bureaucrats, even the ones who are at war on our culture and politics and trying to transform it. We, we, we should, as churches, be having nights of prayer and repentance. As churches, we should be uh, uh, calling people together to pray for local, state, and national government. My wife came up with something uh, uh, that, that, that is uh, churches and Christians can take precincts, precincts for areas where people vote. They take a certain precinct and pray for those precincts and precinct prayer. So the, the, there's a lot that can be done there. But the, the, the second part is that Christians, so many of them complain about what's going on. They're complaining about the politics and the culture. But, you know, the problem is we have 80 million evangelicals in the United States, but 35 to 45 percent of them are not registered to vote. Say that again. We need to hear that. Say that statistic again, would you, Craig? Yes. 80 million potential evangelical voters across the United States. These are people who believe in the Bible, believe they're sinners believe that uh, uh, they fall short of the glory of God. These are people who believe that Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead and has covered their sins with, because of the shedding of his blood. They believe in, in, in biblical truth. And, and, and yet, 35 to 45 percent are not registered to vote. And, and a lot of pastors, as well as you know, people in churches, say, oh, not my church. Uh, I, I, I go to this Baptist church or Calvary Chapel or whatever it might be, and I know these people registered. But if, if you take a voter registration file and you take the people who come to that church and you match it up, they're mm. not. My, my, my. But here, Can we, yeah, I, need to, I need to pull the reins here and save that, okay. save that <clears throat> ammunition for the last segment. 
because sure. we, we're going to really, uh, no holds barred, go for it in the last segment. But my listening friend, sure. one of the things that we need to do is pray that God not only activates us, but other believers in San Diego County. And I'll, Craig, one of the things that's going on in San Diego that you may not know about, but there's an activity, there's a ministry that's been going on over the years in this t- same time frame. It's called 40 Days of Hope. And San Diego is getting behind this 40 Days of Hope. And you have uh, ministers and pastors and churches and parishioners all over the entire county and even other areas uh, of California and the United States that are praying into and coming side by side with others in this 40 days of hope. So my listening friend, if you want to become part of what's going on as far as changing this mentality, this deep state mentality, this is one way to do it. Go on Google and put in 40 days of hope and put in San Diego. You'll find out more about this. Chris Leeper and my buddies around San Diego are doing this and be a part of that. This is an opportunity to come in concert with what God is doing in the county as well. So Craig, stay with us because we're going to give some solutions to some of the challenges we've uh, introduced in the first three segments of this first hour. And my listening friend, Craig Huey is the author of the deep state, uh, 15 surprising dangers you should know and how bureaucracy is destroying our freedom. Craig, stay with us for the last segment, but I want you to be prepared, Craig, to give us ways that we can find out more about you. You are um, a solid gold uh, gift to the body of Christ and beyond. So my listening friend, Craig Huey and Kaz for the last segment, we will be of this hour. We've got a whole another hour coming, of course, but for this hour, Craig Huey and Kaz will be right back. More come together, San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next FM 106.1 and AM 1210 K praise. Now back to come together, San Diego, the new live local show with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Well, you, my friends, uh, unless you've been living uh, in a hole somewhere, are familiar with the term deep state. And you may not know completely about what it is, but you know it ain't good for those uh, Judeo-Christian peeps and uh, those who believe in the Constitution of the United States and that we have our, our freedoms being violated or at least threatened on every turn. So, you know, I like to look at this whole idea about the deep state and everything that's going on against the Judeo-Christian values in the United States of America. I kind of look at it as a, a kind of a, a, a terminal cancer, and we've been given a terminal cancer prognosis, and here we are facing that, and we go, what do we do about that? But we need to remember whom we serve, and that, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. The creator of the universe is the one whom we serve. And this is the one who knows how to turn water into wine, but he also knows how to heal the sick. He also knows how to eliminate that cancer. And so we have our uh, friend Craig Huey as the co-host for this hour. He's the author of Deep State, uh, 15 Surprising Dangers That You Should Know and How Bureaucracy Is Actually Destroying Our Freedom. Craig, I'm going to kind of give this to you and spend the next mm-hmm. five or six minutes. I'm going to let you wax eloquently here, and I'm not. I'm going to intervene only passively because you've got a lot of things to drill down into and give encouraging, you know, an, an encouraging uh, perspectives to our listeners. But before we do, give a website so people can actually find out more about you and the books, I say books plural, that you're involved in. 
Yes, uh, uh, we have a, a newsletter for evangelical Christians called Reality Alert, which is one of the largest in the United States. And also the book, The Deep State, uh, can be purchased by going to electionforum.com, electionforum.com. And the book is available on Amazon. Uh, and uh, if somebody orders it directly, uh, I'd be glad to sign it and uh, and give them a special report that kind of summarizes some of the things you and I have been talking about. But, you, you know, you, you have an awesome audience, and they're patriots. They're people who are prayer warriors. These are people who want to see uh, change. These are people who don't like to see what's happening to our culture and politics. So I'd like to, in the last few minutes, just give a few suggestions of what can be done. And, and, and the first one has to do is we in every church have to activate that church to be able to vote. And I, I mentioned that there's 80 million evangelical Christians, and we've got a situation with 35 to 45 percent, and every single church is not registered to vote. And then the, the, this is a horrible, but 48 percent of the evangelicals vote who are registered, but more than half, 52% of the evangelicals in our churches, even though they're registered, do not vote. So here in California, those listeners of yours who are in California, there's 7.2 million evangelical Christians who did not vote, 6.7 who did vote, 14 million evangelical Christians. We could change the city council, the school board, the county races, assembly, state senate, uh, uh, Congress, uh, and, uh, and the uh, governor's office. We could turn California around. We can turn the nation around. Yes. And, and it, it is to people voted their values. Let me, let me intercede just briefly here, because sure. one of the things that you did, you hear what he said, my friend, it, it talks about Ju- uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, Craig very clearly different, uh, d- disseminated his wisdom about where, where we go first. We can deal with our own hometown. We can deal with our own uh, uh, neighborhoods and our hometown and then the, the city and then the state, then the nation, and then, then uh, all the other nations. That's how it works. And my friend, I think uh, Craig's wisdom is clear here. Start with what you can do, impact immediately, and then work out from there. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, many have saw and seen in this last election, they may, if they saw what happened, they should have been horrified that we had across the United States organized progressive socialists winning and conservatives and Christians losing. In California, it was a blue tsunami that wiped out many good assemblymen and congressmen and people who should have won. In Arizona, in other states, Tennessee, North Carolina, because the progressive left and the socialists have used modern marketing and strategy to get out the vote. And one of those is called ballot harvesting. It, 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 it's a horrible thing that opens itself to voter fraud, but it's legal in California and many other states. And basically what it is is one person can collect ballots and then deliver them to the register of voters. Well, that's what they did, and that's how they won this last election, and they plan to do it even more so in 2020. They plan to win and wipe out 
uh, conservatives and Christians and even moderates like never before. Are you saying that they, they, they harvested ballots and some of them were even illegitimate ballots and they just flooded the system with these ballots? Is that what you're telling us? Yes. Anybody who's listening and, and they come to my website and they get the book, I'll send them a video of, uh, of a ballot harvester who went to one household 20 times because they had identified somebody they thought they could vote. And you see them saying, give me your ballot. I'll help you fill it out and I'll bring it to the registrar's office so you don't have to worry about it. And they take these ballots and they do these with potlucks and get everybody to give it. They do it at political rallies and they get everybody to give their ballots and they take them. So one person can deliver four, five, six hundred ballots. But here's the thing, yes, just think about this. Eighty one percent of the people in the church vote conservative, vote free enterprise, vote against government control and, and, and are opposed to socialism. They want to protect religious rights. They want to protect Israel. They want to protect pro-life. They want to protect the persecuted church. And so they vote for candidates to make those stands. And what the pastor can do, he can say, bring your ballot this Sunday. And we'll collect that ballot. And if you need help on how to vote for, we'll tell you who to vote for. We'll give you our, our recommendations and who we think are people who stand for our values. Not Democrat or Republican, but people who will protect Israel and protect freedom. And, and we'll collect those ballots and we'll deliver them to the registered voters. That is the way we turn the politics around, that we learn how to do this ballot harvesting. Otherwise, we're going to find our, our country slipping far, far to the left, much more socialist and much more anti-biblical uh, truth uh, in the next couple of years. So that needs to be done. And we just have to do things smarter. Christians need to get petitions and sign petitions and be able to develop databases and be able to do things. So some of your people, their ministry is to pray. Others is to organize in their church. Others is to get uh, people in the church and their pastor to do the ballot harvesting. Others are to maybe volunteer for a political campaign or donate for a political campaign or make phone calls or get people to the poll on Election Day. Some people, their ministry might be to, to, uh, uh, to organize people to come to hear a speaker. There, there's so many different things that can be done, and uh, uh, I'm praying that God will raise up an army of his people yes. to stop this insanity that's going on. And, and anybody who looks at what the progressive left is doing to defeat moderates, conservatives, libertarians, and Christians, they have perfected it. They are now going to perfect it even more in 2020. If the church doesn't take right ground, if the church doesn't stand up, if the church doesn't say enough is enough, if the church doesn't start using the modern marketing techniques and strategies that that, that which is the progressive left are doing, which are legal and legitimate, they're simply modern. My. We're going to lose. Well, let me let, let me say that we are we have the God of all creation on the side of Judeo Christian values because our Judeo Christian values are on His side. So uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate you spending some time with us, Craig Huey. Our yeah. hour has disappeared on us. A uh, quick website again for uh, finding out more about the Deep State. Uh, uh, the book called "The Deep State: Fifteen Surprising 
dangers that you should know and how bureaucracy is destroying our freedom uh, quickly, Craig? Yes, electionforum.com, electionforum.com. Very good. Craig, thank you for joining me on this hour. It yes. has been an educational hour, to say the least. And my listen for, listening friends, uh, don't be distraught about this. In fact, San Diego is burgeoning with people who desire to make a change in the government. There's one uh, organization in particular in San Diego that I want you to look into, and it's uh, founded by a dear friend of mine, Dran Reese. It's called Salt and Light Council, Salt and Light Council. So dig that out in your Google search, and you will find out more about specifically ways that you can be uh, coming to the left and the right of other people that have the same heart cry and actually make a major difference difference. Uh, Craig Huey, thanks for joining us. It's been an honor to finally actually get to talk with you. Are you kidding? <laughs> Great. Thank so, you so much. It's, it's a pleasure. Hey, my listening friend, oh. uh, this has been a remarkable segment, but I don't want you to go away because you may be called to write and not even realize that you don't have to do the whole deal uh, like uh, 150 pages, a couple hundred pages, just a little bite at a time. And I've got some people coming on this next hour to talk to you about that. But they're also going to talk to you about other things that go on in the church environment, how apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are being infused in different ways like never before in the body of Christ in San Diego and beyond uh, in other areas of the United States as well. And we're going to talk about the value of shofar blasts. <laughs> You're going to, you know, I blow the shofar. So you know that uh, this, these segments are just near and dear to my heart. So that's all coming up next in this entire forthcoming hour. So do not go away, Kaz. And the team will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world. And welcome back to our second hour. Uh, my friend, is there anything in your life, think back, is there anything in your life that would be a, an interesting chapter in a book? Come on. You know there is. There may be scores of chapters. But this is. I'm just asking you a simple question. One chapter in a book. Could you handle that? Well, of course you can. And uh, many of uh, my listening friends are called to write and they have stopped at actually doing this, but let's break it down into some uh, actually tangible parts. And, and this is what we are going to share with you in this hour. So many other things as well, but especially for those who either are called to write or know somebody who is called to write, we're going to uh, give you some uh, freedom and some a release to be able to do that. I want you to meet our co-host for this hour, Carol Gamble. Say hi, Carol. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Hello. You're an author. <laughs> Carol is an author. She's actually just discovering her destiny as an author. And I also want you to meet her mentor and publisher, also known as Shofar Man, Jim Barbarossa. Say hi, Jim. 
Hey, Chaz, how are you? <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Now, Jim is also the inspiration behind what he calls Real Life Stories. It's an approach to publishing that's really remarkable, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in this hour and so many other things as well. When I started looking at the accolades of Jim Barbarossa, I said, we need to make this hour uh, a, a lot of different things, so I'm going to try to be all, all things to all men and women as we listen, and I hope you guys don't mind, Carol and Jim. But we're going to start out with the, the, the writing my friends, I know many of you, many of you, many of you in your heart of hearts, you know that you're called to write, but you don't know what to do about it. And I think uh, Jim Barbarossa came up with a strategy called Real Life Stories. So I'm going to ask Jim to kind of set the stage for this. And I'm going to ask Carol to do color commentary along the way, because she is one of those authors involved in this who thought, mm, I can't write. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> so, Jim, take it away, and then, Carol, I'm going to have you speak into this as we go. Jim Barbarossa. Well, well I think if we look at a, uh, Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, Ooh. and they loved not their lives unto the death. That tells me that everybody has a story to tell, and we're, we're told in Scripture to tell that story. So everybody listening right now has a story to tell. And what we do, we just simply help pull that story out of people so that that story can be told for the glory of God. Yes. Now, uh, Carol, you're one of those people, aren't you? You, you know, I, yes. I know I, I've talked to you enough to know that you, you knew you had some nuances and th- some things, but you didn't have the, the starter fluid to make that happen. Talk briefly about that, and then I'm going to have uh, Jim jump in and say how he's helped you solve these challenges. Carol? Okay. Campbell. Yeah, so um, the Lord had placed on my heart for years. I had heard pastors talk about writing out your testimony and giving your testimony. I'd go to conferences and people would talk about writing out your testimony. And it seemed like a daunting task. There was no way I could, I didn't even know where to start. And so it was something that I knew the Lord had placed on my heart. I knew that he wanted me to do it, but I didn't even know how to begin. It felt like climbing Mount Everest to me. I knew that the Lord had changed me and my life, and um, so I had this constant restlessness, and I kept thinking, you know, if this were my last day here on Earth, would my children really know my whole true story? Would this pass on down to the generations? Am I leaving a legacy and I thought, I've, I've got to do this, but it's, it was hard. I didn't even know where to start. Yes. And Jim, th- this is exactly the kind of person that you have been looking for because you know God has so many of these people planted throughout his body, and you've been given a strategy to help activate them. Tell a little bit more about that, Jim Barbarossa. Well, one of the things we've done is we've developed a very simple template. And that simple template can be emailed to anybody anywhere in the country. And it basically just helps a person set down and step-by-step start to lay out their story. We, we generally say in phase one, you want to tell a little bit about your pre-Jesus days. You know, this is how I was raised. I was raised in a family of four, four siblings. My mom did this. My dad did that. Um, a little bit about family life uh, in the early years before being 10, and then progress up to age 16 or 18, whatever it might be, and then uh, just continue your story forward. 
And then as you're laying out the story, you want to inject the, part, the, the place where this is where my life totally changed, and this is where I came to meet Jesus as my Savior. And there should be a big difference between the before Jesus days and the after Jesus days. Yes. And then in the third part, we suggest that you paint a story with your words and tell about this is who I am today and the changes that have taken place in my life. My, that's remarkable. My listening friend, I hope you paid close attention to that. I think this would be a good time, Jim, for you to give a website uh, so that people can actually access this and find out a little bit more about it because we're going to jump into it with both feet here. And Carol, you're going to do your wonderful color commentary because you've been there, done that, and uh, you can attest that uh, God wants you to write and he's given you tools. One of those tools, no offense, Jim, but one of those tools is Jim Barbarossa and his strategy of real life stories. We'll talk more about that in the next segment as well. So uh, I'm going to have to go to a break right now, but my listening friend, I hope we've whet your appetite here. You know, you've been called to write the Gospel of John at the end. The Gospel of John talks about all the works that Jesus has done. And if they could be written down in books, all the books of the world could not contain them. Well, that means you with the things that he's done in your life, my listening friend. All the books in the world could not contain these things. And you get to play an authorship role in that. So Carol Gamble and publisher Jim Barbarossa and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And I'm back uh, with an entourage of people that will help you learn how to write and also learn how to publish. You know, one of my love languages, and I'm telling you this, Carol, to forewarn you here, one of my love languages is to tease. So I'm, here's how I would introduce this segment, and you're going to get it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back with a newly discovered author, Carol Gamble, and her publisher, Real Life Stories, Jim Barbarossa. And, you know, I, I knew you'd giggle a little bit because, you know, a newly discovered author? It's just me. I know, I know that in your heart of hearts you're thinking that. <laughs> but well, yeah. yeah, go ahead. But go ahead. But I, here's what I think, my friend. You have a voice, and sometimes that voice may show up on a computer keyboard. And and Carol Gamble has found and is finding her voice. So, what have you say to that? What Carol? What have you to say with that introduction? Well, um, what I have to say <laughs> is that I was <laughs> when when I was a freshman in college, my English, you know, I had to take English 101, literature, whatever. And my teacher totally squelched any writing desire in my heart. Every time I submitted a paper to her, she ripped it to shreds. And so luckily, I was a science major. I wanted to go into medicine, and I thought, this is great. I don't ever have to take this class again. And then when my friend, Carol, who's a mutual friend of Jim's, encouraged me to write my story and you know, she said, we have to be in this book together. You have to do this. I thought, how can I do this? I've never written anything in my life. And so with Carol's encouragement and Jim putting a deadline 
on the date <laughs> you know, when we needed to have our story done. And believe it or not, it was all supernatural because it all happened during the holidays, of course. And I literally, you know, I was given the deadline. I had a friend telling me that we had to be in this book together. And so I had to do it. And I, I literally got on my knees. I set aside time on my calendar between Christmas and New Year's. We had to have it done by January 1st. And I surrendered everything to the Lord. Yes, yes. And asked Holy Spirit to just do it. Flow through me, Lord, and you have to write this, not me. That's right. And, 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 here, and, and, and really, that's the issue, isn't it? Letting Holy Spirit have free reigns in what you do, and all of a sudden, a book chapter comes out. Wow. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I am, it. It, it really, it was amazing. It was miraculous. And I think one of the strategies that we want to give high accolades to is uh, Jim Barbarossa's strategy for real life stories. Jim, you, you actually, this is actually going to be the sixth edition of a multi-edition uh, strategy uh, that, that that you're um, you're calling real life stories. And this one is called Lighthouse Edition, and uh, this is actually dealing with. The testimonial topic. A lot of people have testimonies throughout their life. We talked about scripture talks about all the things that God has done. Many of those things are in your life, my listening friend. So tell us a little bit more about the strategy of your publishing here and salt and pepper the website in as you go, if you would, Jim Barbarossa. Well, going back to that template on writing testimony, if anybody would like to have that, all they've got to do is send us an email to jim at step hyphen by hyphen step dot org with the word testimony template in the subject line and we will get that off to them. Wow. That's um, remarkable. The Lighthouse edition of books, we've done six and we have a seventh one coming out at the end of the month. And the uh, strategy behind that book is that number one, the best storyteller there ever was was Jesus. And I, I think he was, a be, he was being an example to us of what would work in communicating with people. Because I find that as we use these books that everybody likes to read short stories. And so these books are filled with short stories. And in each book you have, starting at the front of the book, you have two, two or three chapters, which is two or three chest testimonies. And then you have the word of God laced in a page. And then you have two or three more testimonies. Then you have the word of God and two or three more testimonies, then the word of God. And so basically when somebody receives one of these real life storybooks, they are receiving everything they know to be able to come to meet Jesus as savior. And that's really the bottom line. And that's really what it's all about. Uh, I find that every Christian everywhere has a part deep inside of them, even though they have not yet figured out how to do it, but they want to glorify God. And we have found that the simple sharing of our personal salvation testimony is the most easiest way to glorify God and bring others to that same place of glorifying God. Yes. You know, one of the things that you mentioned here, and we're going to allude to this later on in the show, but what you just did there, Jim, is you identified the value of the fivefold ministry to uh, edify the saints for the work of the ministry, for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edification of the body of Christ. What you are illustrating here is how different people come, come alongside a person and empower them, and that's really a fivefold ministry strategy. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a future segment. 
But my listening friend, I see how all this stuff dovetails. God wants to identify you and your calling even more than you do. And he wants to empower you to do that. And he has surrounded you and will surround you with people that can help you bring that to pass. That's absolutely remarkable. Carol Gamble uh, is uh, one such person. And, you know, she finding a publisher, uh, Jim Barbarossa, and he has a strategy to help her do that. But beyond Jim and what he's doing, there are people to your left and right, my friend. They may be a fivefold ministry mentality, but their whole heart cry is to see you ascend to the highest level you possibly can so you can encourage others to ascend to that high level as well. That's God's strategy in yeah. building his kingdom. You want to speak into that, Jim, a little bit more? And then we're going to have Carol uh, give some more uh, uh, life examples. Well, there are, you know, there are definitely people out there in all walks of life that need to have the fivefold ministers pour into them and equip them to do what God's called them to do. Uh, two, of the group, two of the additional groups that we have focused on recently, uh, one of them being truckers. And we just came to print six weeks ago with our newest book, and it contains the testimonies of 22 born-again truck drivers. And this book was delivered six weeks ago, and 30-some thousand copies have already left our warehouse. And truck drivers are hauling these testimony books all over the (laughs) nation. I mean, it is just amazing. But see, the the thing is, these truck drivers would never have done this on their own. It it took a catalyst. It took a five-fold minister. It took somebody with a a vision of the big picture to say, hey, each of you men and women that drive trucks, you have a story to tell. You know, and I think it was Apostle Paul said, you know, that we got to be a Jew to a Jew and a Greek to a Greek. And we need those who will be a truck driver to a truck driver. Oh, that's so good, Jim. In in this instance, we we need somebody to be a Christian truck driver to give the character of Christ to all the other truck drivers. My, my. And Carol, when you hear that in this context, it gives you a lot of hope as well. You know, here I am and here's what I do, but this is all that I do. But there are so many other people around you that do similar things that your testimony, that your chapter in this book and then future books as well authored completely by you, these can be an inspiration to them. But first, you have to be inspired. So God puts people beside yeah. you to inspire you so that you can be the inspirer of others. Want to speak to that briefly, Carol Gamble? Well, that's absolutely true. And I will say that Jim is such an encourager. And that's what his his ministry is called Step by Step. And it really is a step-by-step thing. And, um, you know, I had never done anything like this before. And then when I finally received when the books came to print and I got, you know, my first set of case of books, um, you know, I had to take that step and go and talk to people and, you know, carry a couple of books with me. And so what's wonderful about the books is that they have our, our photos, everybody that's, who has a story in the book, your photos on the back cover. And so I would pull my, a book out whenever I, you know, paid at the grocery store or went to the post office. And I'd always show people my picture and they would just light up and I'd say, and my story is in this and I'd love (laughs) to give this to you. I'd love to share this with you. And people I've never, I will honestly say no one has ever turned a book down. 
my, my. You know, and, my, my listening and, friends, Carol, Carol has uh, illustrated something. And Jim, this is really a remarkable, I'm a marketing guy. My, my background is advertising and marketing. This is one of the great marketing strategies. And Jesus is smiling and he goes, yeah, I created this a long time ago. And this marketing strategy is you, you have, I don't know how many different authors in this book that's a conglomeration of different people that have a, a similar theme that you're talking about this. But all of a sudden, one person, you know, the scripture says if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. All you have going on here are different authors in this book that have invested in a single chapter. And each one is kind of set free to say, read this book. It's not only what the testimony God has given me, but others. And all of a sudden it multiplies. And I have to laugh when you talk about truck drivers. They're all over the United States passing these things out. That's ingenious. You want to speak a little bit more about that, Jim? We've got about another, oh, I would say a minute and a half in this segment. Well, one of the things that we're looking at in the future is a biker's book. (laughs) And um, I can't wait to get it in print because that book will be used in biker rallies across the nation. And it's just a matter of God connecting me to the right people who are willing to use their stories for his glory. Uh, I'm also looking at looking at doing a real life story veterans edition, uh, looking at doing a real life story college edition, uh, teenagers edition. Um, we just need people of all ages, all age groups, different walks of life, different professions to pull them together and put them in a book to where as one, they can work in unity to reach a particular part of uh Right. The world that needs to be reached. A people group that needs to be reached. And sometimes you go, how do we reach that uh, people group? Well, one step at a time and by other individuals that can identify with what their uh, what their mission in life is. And all of a sudden you surround them with people with a, a, a godly perspective. It can change lives. You know, we're coming up to the end of this segment and I'm going to switch gears on you, my listening friend and my co-hosts as well. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but before we do, one more website for you, uh, Jim. Uh, www.stepstep-by-by-stepstep.org. Stepbystep.org. Jim Barbarossa and uh, Carol Gamble. Uh, I'm going to switch gears on these next two segments because many of you know that uh, have to put up with me. And you know that I'm a worship leader and I'm, <laughs> I'm also a budding shofar blower. Yes, that's so true. And when I discovered that Jim was going to be on the show, I said, we have to do a segment about that. So you're going to have to bear with me as I indulge myself in interviewing him on a subject that is dear and near to my heart on the value of blowing the shofar to proclaim what God is doing so you can pay attention to what God is doing in his body in these days. It's really, truly an instrument for these times in today, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we dig into this. And so, Jim, I know that you're game for this, and you told me that you brought your shofar along. You're in, I think you're in Florida, are you not? We, yes, we are in Florida. Okay. Uh, warm up that shofar because we're going to not only talk about it, but we're going to illustrate some shofar blasts and suggest what they mean. And Carol, of course, because you're a co-host on this show, you can give your two cents worth as well. My listening friend, uh, get ready for some revolution and revelation about what God is doing in his body. And the shofar and the blowing of the trumpet, either spiritually 
and naturally will play a big role in that. So do not go away. Carol and Jim and Kaz will be right back. This is Judy Ross, co-pastor of Cloud9 Worship Center. San Diego, I am declaring over you, you are the southwest gate of this nation. And through you will pour abundance and greatness and the glory of God. That's what you were created for. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And we're back. You know, many of you, many of you actually are very familiar with scriptures that talk about blowing the trumpet. You need to realize that there's a natural application to this and a spiritual application to this. And in these last days, God is blending the spiritual and the natural together at the same time. See, Carol is a, what I would call a spiritual uh, a, a horn blower or shofar blaster because she is using what she's doing, her calling to proclaim, to blast forth God's truths. And she may not use a literal shofar or a trumpet. She is using her skill set, her calling to be that trumpet. And it's the same way with you. But let's talk a little bit about some scripture in that you may be familiar with. In Joel, for example, one of my favorite scriptures of all uh, in Joel Uh, chapter 2, it talks about blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in God's holy mountain. Symbolically, of course, we're called to proclaim God and godliness, but also very literally, God is asking us to proclaim this. And some of us are stirred to take that literally and uh, uh, get at what we would call a shofar. And some of you may invest in what we would call a kudu antelope horn. Others would buy a ram's horn, and they both proclaim things. that They actually draw attention. In the Old Testament, that's what God used to tell his people that it was time for uh, a harvest season, or time for a meeting, or time for war, or time to meet the king. So many different purposes of a shofar blast in the Old Testament, and they are applicable for us today. And those who are willing to dig into Scripture— realize that they are applicable today as they were back then. Now, I'm setting the stage uh, for Jim Barbarossa, who's also known as Shofar Man, to uh, give some insights on that. And Carol, as a uh, a spiritual Shofar blower, you can give color commentary as well. So, Jim, uh, I've had an opportunity to see some of your videos on YouTube and know about you. Other people, when they knew that I was a Shofar blower, they said, you should come to know Jim Barbarossa. And here I am. I I was on a completely different topic. And all of a sudden, I go, I recognize this name. And there you are, Jim. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you think the value of Shofar in these days is, and then we will launch out from there. Jim Barbarossa, Shofar Man. One of my favorite scriptures involving the Shofar is found in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 20. And it says, In what place, therefore, you hear the sound of the trumpet, meaning Shofar, resort ye thither unto us, our God shall fight for us. And that is such a powerful verse. Any place in which you hear the sound of the shofar, our God will fight for us. Another version of the Bible says that our God will do great battle for us. 
Wow. I want to sound for you two shofars. I have the first one in my hands. It's a ram horn. And the ram horn is more of an instrument of repentance, and it makes a sound of cry, a crying sound, kind of like that of a wounded animal. So here's the first one, the ram horn. and it comes from a different animal. It's called a Yemenite shofar. It comes from an animal called an African kudu. And the plural form of kudu is kados, and kados means to bring glory to. And so I look at it as a glory horn. It's a horn for glorifying God. And it's a totally different sound. Jim, I have to laugh at that because you, you get so many notes out of that thing. You know how many notes Kaz gets out of a shofar? One, maybe two, if I, if I do something strange with my lips anyway. So um, my listening friend, you just got to hear what a shofar sounds like. Imagine, if you will, back in the days of Moses and even in the days of Jesus, when a shofar blasted a certain blast, it, it spoke a certain message and it, it rallied the people together. Literally, in the Old Testament, you, you hear the reference to blowing a shofar or blowing the shofar in Zion. These were things, and Jim will attest to this, these were times where the, the people or the believers were called to attention to do something or to uh, join together for some purpose or another. And my friend, in these days, God is blowing his spiritual and natural shofar blasts. And Jim, I get so thrilled when I see churches that are willing to allow <laughs> the shofar blast in their church environment. Believe me, I've tested this in some environments, and it's not, it's not yet time for the shofar blast in some church environments. But some church environments are willing to do this, and I, I have seen the level of worship uh, increase dramatically when the shofar blast is incorporated within the church service because there's something uh, inherently spiritual and supernatural tied to this and it's been going on for millennia. I want to speak briefly to that. And Carol, I, I'm going to give you a chance to give some input as well, but go ahead, Jim. Well, uh, let me say it this way. The sound of the shofar is an international voice. Because the shofar is a representation of the voice of God. In a conference many years ago, I was asked to speak, and I was immediately told we're on strict time, and you got this many minutes, da-da-da-da-da-da, and I started with the sounding of the shofar. Now, we were in a gathering where there were probably 20 different denominations in there, and Probably a handful of people knew what a shofar was. But when I sounded the shofar at the start of this event, 
the Holy Spirit just busted loose in this place. Yes. People started weeping, and everybody knew and recognized the sound that they heard of being God. They didn't understand it. Nobody had ever taught them. Their denominations never used them. But everybody understood this was a God moment. And I remember the guy back at the sound booth signaling to me <laughs> and saying, throw away the watch. Throw away the watch. Just do what God says. I like it. And I, my, my audio engineers it gave me some looks, too, when the shofar was blowing. And I don't know what was throw away the watch, but I was, what's going on here? <laughs> and my listening friend, the whole purpose of this shofar blast is to command attention, but not command attention to people, but command attention to the creator of the universe and what he has to say to you, but also, we're coming to believe in these days, what he has to say through you. And my friend, you just may be a shofar as well as Carol Gamble is. A quick thought, Carol? Well, I have to tell you, Kaz, I'm also a shofar blower. Yes. And I've had <laughs> I've had several divine appointments with my shofar and I um I have actually blown my shofar off of Lookout Mountain in Colorado. And I have I carry it with me. I teach an exercise class twice a week and I when I go into this space before my class starts, I blow my shofar to cleanse and clear out anything that is not of God because I teach a class called Holy Fit and it's all um, movement to scripture. And so I invite the Holy Spirit to come. I blast the shofar and clear out the room. And then by the time everybody comes to class, it's a totally different environment. Wow. And um, I actually, I bought my shofars from Jim. <laughs> I have a ram's horn, and I also have the um, the Yemenite yes. shofar. Yeah, well. the, the kudu antelope horn, and it has yes. a little bit more uh, depth to it. And my listening friend, can you imagine what happened in the days uh, of Moses and when there was a threat of warfare happening? The, one of the, the ways to gather the warriors together and gather the people together, it happened with uh, celebrations and feasts and festivals as well. There would be a certain shofar blast and that blast would communicate something that they need to either be ready for warfare or ready for uh, celebration and that's really what's going on in the in the body of Christ today there are times for warfare and there are times for celebration and intimate relationship with one another and a shofar blast spiritually symbolically or literally can uh, drive that point home my uh, my friends uh, we're gonna have to cut this segment shorter now because we've only got about 30 seconds left in this but give a word of wisdom about the shofar blast uh, jim barbarossa and then we're going to get into how god is using apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher in the body of christ these days to uh, encourage people to identify what their shofar is spiritually and blast it like crazy so jim take 30 seconds as we go into the commercial break well the most important thing that I could teach anybody concerning the shofar is to don't get caught up in traditions or rituals of man or religion concerning the shofar, but be led entirely by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher, and the Holy Spirit will show you how, when to sound the shofar and do it properly. 
My, my, my listening friend. the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jim. And that's a real key. And actually, everything that we do, Jim, I think you would agree, and Carol as well. Uh, whatever we do, listen to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says go, go and don't stop until he says stop. But when he says don't go, you, we need to be very sensitive what Holy Spirit is, is saying to us in these days. Because it's going to be him that changes the, uh, the lay of the land, so to speak, and it's only going to be him. And if we're dedicated to hearing and obeying, then life can change because of our obedience. My listening friend, we're going to talk a little bit more about this obedience uh, element, but we're also going to teach, talk a little bit about how God has put different people in there to take your calling and help you discover it and help you elevate within it to change the world through the power of God's Holy Spirit and through his five-fold ministers. We're going to talk about that in the last segment, so do not go away. Jim and Carol and Kaz will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Hello, my friends. Isn't the body of Christ remarkable, what God is doing in the body of Christ throughout the denominations? I see this happening, and I'm seeing, denom- I'm seeing denominations come together like never before, and they're not so concerned about the different uh, nuances of doctrines that are not the, 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 the doctrines that uh, identify the church, if you don't follow this doctrine, you're going to go to hell. No, they're not even concerned about that. They're concerned about con- the doctrines that are common throughout the body of Christ and uh, majoring on the salvation doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some of these other doctrines, we, we ebb and flow a little bit, knowing that each member of the body of Christ, each denomination within the body of Christ have a, has a different nuance of this. And I'm setting the stage to talk to you a little bit about one of those areas where some denominations go, hmm. You know, when you talk about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, some may say, well, apostles aren't for today, and some may say prophets aren't for today. Well, let's step back on this and see God's heart. God's heart is really to bring all his body of Christ together so that we can be impactful outward to bring others in and so that God can empower us as well. So I don't, uh, you know, I, 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 I embrace all the different God-given denominations throughout the body of Christ, and some may have problems with phraseology like apostle, or some may have problems with the phraseology of prophet. I don't even go there. I, it's sometimes I just say, instead of the word apostle, I say leaders of leaders. That won't get you in too much trouble, and that still bespeaks the anointing of the apostle. And I may, may not say a prophetic word. I may say someone who has a, a sense, a nuance for God's spirit and can declare it. And so if you're in those kind of environments, let's circumvent the disagreeing on words and misunderstanding about what those words mean. Let's get into what God's plan is to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. And God has surrounded you with people uh, of different skill sets and leaders of leaders to come alongside you and empower you. So I want to use that as a springboard to uh, allow uh, Jim uh, Barbarossa and his uh, one of his ministries tied to step-by-step.org uh, uh, on the value of this 
fivefold mentality, and, and and we've got maybe five minutes or so to excavate this, Jim. And uh, Carol, I give you freedom to jump on in anytime you see fit. But talk a little bit, Jim. You you've got a, a strategy on how to bring in the mentality of the fivefold ministry, Ephesians four: apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, working in perfect harmony with one another to empower the people in the church environment and beyond. Speak a bit about that, uh, Jim, and then Carol, jump on in whenever you like. Go ahead, Jim. Well, in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And one of the things that I've struggled with over the years is the reality that over 90% of all born-again Christians have never, ever shared their faith. And I've struggled with that, and I've asked God why. And I believe what he said to me is, because we're not using the fullness of everything he's given us to teach them. And, And until we start teaching using the fullness of those five gifts, the saints will never truly be equipped to do the work of the ministry. So about two years ago, we, get, we launched out to start teaching and discipling people using the fullness of the fivefold ministry. And I brought together a group of, I'm going to say I brought, God brought together a group of people to teach a gathering that we actually have held in our house for the last two years. And through that, we've started to train people and disciple them to go out in the community and live a witnessing lifestyle. And in our meetings, we have one person might speak on the topic of as you go love, say, and they'll speak on that topic for seven minutes. And then we'll introduce the second speaker and they'll speak on that same topic for seven minutes. And over the course of the night, we use five different speakers representation of the fivefold ministry and you get 35 minutes of teaching from five different people, and it's amazing how God pulls this all together as one Holy Spirit-inspired message. But the, the most important part is, is the saints in the meeting catch it in its fullness, and we have now been able to move people that have never, ever shared their faith out into the community living a witnessing lifestyle sharing their faith daily. <laughs> prior to doing this, prior to teaching in this manner, we could not get people beyond the walls of the church. My, my. Carol, do you want to uh, give give up some insights on this? That you're not really involved in his ministry outreach, but I know that you have a heart uh, for a fivefold mentality. So lay it on us. Yes. Well, I can attest to this as well, um, because I had never really shared my faith openly. Um, until I was encouraged to write my testimony and then begin to give the books out. And then it just has become a natural part of my life. And I will say, when you obey what God is telling you to do, it brings peace that surpasses all understanding. And and when he calls you to do something, he will equip you to do it. And that's um, that's where Jim comes in, is that, you know, he will put people in your life that will help you, help equip you. And um, I have been to a meeting at Jim's, and it, it's it's an amazing it's it's iron sharpens iron. It, it, people encouraging one another, listening to the testimony, 
testimonies and um, the changed lives that we're all seeing and the impact that of our testimonies that when we give to others. And what's really cool, too, is that my husband retired um, a year and a half ago, and so we've been traveling a lot. I've been able to take my testimony to Japan to Taiwan, to Croatia, to Spain, to Israel, all these places that I've visited recently. Um, last summer, we drove all the way out to Colorado, and we stopped in rest stops. And, I, you know, I've never done this before. My, my, my. And it, it's yeah, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to inter- intervene here because I've just got a uh, maybe a minute left in the entire segment. But Carol, that's exactly the point. God wants to take you uh, for the, uh, and activate you into the fullness of your ministry, my listening friend. Yes. He wants to do the same thing with you. And don't be freaked out by the phraseology of apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. Uh, the whole purpose is to for us the the. Uh, people who have a level of maturity to come alongside of others and encourage them into the fullness of their calling. Jim, we've only got about 60 seconds left in this uh, closing segment, but would you spend this 60 seconds encouraging people to uh, embrace this fivefold mentality? Jim Barbarossa. Well, the reality of it is unless a person can experience one of these meetings for themselves, it's really hard to grasp. Carol was at one of these meetings. She understands it. She was encouraged through it. She was motivated through it and has now gone to another level. Everybody who attends these, the same kind of thing is happening. And so I'd like your listeners to know that we have actually videotaped all 12 of these sessions, and these 12 sessions are available. They can be used in prayer groups, Bible studies, cell groups, churches. They can be used anywhere in the world. I've got one lady using them up in Canada. She has already trained a half a dozen people by using these. Uh, We are in the process of doing another book, and it's going to feature several people from Canada and several people from New York. But all of these people are basically getting these very simple teachings done using a five-fold ministry format. And so I would invite people to uh, uh, give us a call, email us at the Step-by-Step Ministries uh, email address, uh, call me on my cell. Uh, we'd be glad to help. Very good. Our, I'm going to have to interject here because we're running, we're out of time. So Jim Barbarossa, thank you for spending some time with us and encouraging us. And Carol Gamble, thank you very much as well. My listening friend, I hope you were inspired in this entire uh, two-hour program and, and you got some insights on a variety of different things, including how to deal with the deep state. My listening friend, the whole heart cry of Come Together San Diego is to empower you. And what uh, Jim Barbarossa described from a fivefold mentality, you can do in your own living room, but you can also do side by side with other people because this is God's strategy to bring his church together. My listening friend, thank you for joining Kaz and my wonderful team on Come Together San Diego. See you next time. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.